Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams, no matter how small. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is November 11th, 2014, and tonight or today we have on uh, Dr. Jeff Foote, and he is going to talk about a new non-12-step rehab that's up in the Berkshires. And um, he, Dr. Foote has worked in the addiction treatment field as a clinician and researcher since the late 1980s and has developed a unique motivational treatment approach that incorporates principles of group treatment as well as research-based principles of human behavioral change. Previously, Dr. Foote was the Deputy Director of the Division of Alcohol Treatment and Research at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York City, as well as a Senior Research Associate at the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University in New York City. Dr. Foote also served as Chief of the Smithers Addiction Treatment and Research Center, as well as Director of Evaluation and Research between 1994 and 2001. Um, he, Dr. Foote was also a team psychologist for the New York Mets, and so he has the Center for Motivation and Change. If you want to go online and take a look at it, you would put in motivationandchange.com. They have an inpatient uh, and outpatient programs so the new one, the reason that I wanted to uh, let me see, have him on today, I don't see him in the queue yet, but let me just take a look if he's in here. Yeah, he is in the queue. Um, was to talk about the new um, rehab that's completely non-12-step, and there's lots of uh, trained clinicians there, so I think he's in there. I'm just going to bring him on right now. Here we go. Hi, Jeff. Hi there. Welcome to Hi. the show. <laughs> Thanks. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. Good. So we have some people in the queue, and we have you on. So uh, we got a little chance to talk yesterday. Will you just start off by telling us maybe why you started this? Uh, we're going to talk about the rehab. We can talk about the you know your center in New York too. But really wanted to sort of get the word out about um, the place up in the Berkshires. It looks beautiful. Sure. I was like, wow, Thanks. can I come just to, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you have a good right, spot uh, side? <laughs> right. It's nice working here, I must say. It is uh, it's, it's just incredibly beautiful up here, period. Forget it, where the buildings or anything else. It's just a beautiful place. So um, Western Mass is beautiful. So, um, 
uh, I think the 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 simple answer to um, why have we done this um, is um, you know I've been doing outpatient treatment and research and so forth for I guess 25 years now. A little horrifying, uh-huh. but that's true. Um, uh-huh. And uh, uh, and you know opened the center, the outpatient center in New York City 11 years ago. Um, and you know the big our big claim to fame and niche. Um, in opening that treatment center in Manhattan was doing evidence-based treatment, which was like bizarre and unheard of to be doing evidence-based treatment in substance abuse. Um, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say we still occupy the same niche um, and, and are sort of one of the sole occupants. Um, there's some other lovely people around who, you know, Andrew Tatarski and some other people who we work with who are awesome. Um, huh. But it's not like the niche has exploded or anything, um, huh. which is really unfortunate for the world um uh but the other part of it i think was was um you know if evidence-based treatments by by which i mean for us things like cognitive behavioral therapies and motivationally oriented therapy and um, dbt and um prolonged exposure therapy for trauma and so forth and craft for working with families i mean those Mm -hmm. are all robustly supported evidence-based practices and um and you know those are rare in outpatient, and they're like almost unheard of in a rehab level of care. Um, mm. uh, and and pharmacotherapy is so the other evidence-based thing. I mean, we so we're all psychologists at the center in Manhattan, um, and but we work with a bunch of addiction psychiatrists around New York City, and there's you know a group of them who are great. Um, mm. And and you know pharmacotherapies as part of an of an evidence-based armamentarium of of approaches. Um, right. It's incredibly important. So, like every one of those things, is hard to find in a rehab. Um, yeah, uh, right. You know, working with qualified psychologists who can do you know, co-occurring disorders work and work with depression and anxiety disorders in very specific mm-hmm. ways, and having pharmacotherapy and working with families with craft and um, I mean, all, all of those things are sort of hard to find in an outpatient program, and they're like forget about it in, a, in an inpatient program. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I can't remember the number of times I've tried to get somebody into an inpatient rehab and, and you know, have them be on Suboxone or get inducted on Suboxone or uh-huh. um, uh, <clears throat> those kind of things. It's just a nightmare um, and um, really discouraging. Right. And, um, you know, and then going the other direction, people make discharge plans from places and they, you know, take people, they take someone into a rehab. We had this happen recently. Someone got referred to a rehab and... Um, then they send him to some sort of long-term aftercare thing, and the rehab took him off his Suboxone because they knew, because they couldn't get him any find any any long-term aftercare places that would keep him on a Suboxone. Um, so anyway, that, those are all the nightmares of inpatient treatments, and and so we wanted to kind of bring what we're doing as an outpatient program um, uh, to an inpatient setting, and you know, run up the flagpole and <laughs> see if anybody sleuths. Um, right. And you know, it's weird, though. I want to just go back to what you just said. I think is important because there's this whole thing towards, like, what does somebody need now to also go to a long-term term aftercare, which is going to be sober living, which is going to be filled with yep. steppers, which is really nothing? I mean, if well, we'll be filled with, with, with things like prohibitions against things like medications, for sure, yes. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I, I think it's just outrageous. I was sitting in court a couple of weeks ago, and I heard... Uh, a judge talked to the defendant, the person sitting there, about a sober living 
like they're actually we're getting court ordered. It's like, are you aware what you're sending somebody to? It's nothing. It's a house. Was actually right. a lot worse than if he would go live at home, or you know, he's going to be living with a bunch of people who all have problems. Who are, I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. So I'm glad glad to see yeah. it. And I, it would make sense that if you've been doing this for 25 years, and you've had the center for 11, that you've seen this lack of if somebody feels like they need to or they want to go away for a week or two weeks or longer a month, that they could actually find a place that is, uh, you know, all evidence-based and um, no AA. Now, um, with that said, are you the only one in the Northeast besides maybe, um, and they don't call it rehab, uh, St. Jude's. So are you the only one besides them? Uh, I think uh, Fernside, which is um, a Harvard affiliate um, uh, over, actually, weirdly, also in Massachusetts, um, I think does uh, does pretty good work. They it certainly will do pharmacotherapy. Um, I think they have sort of drifted backwards towards a, a more twelve step oriented place. Um, um, but I think they have some smart people who work there, um, and um, they probably can do some reasonable psychotherapy and and therapeutic approaches. No, 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 no. Forget uh, them. It's okay. Let's not talk about them. Let's just talk about you then, because if they're they're going to be twelve step, <laughs> we we have enough of that. We need this stuff. So um, talk about the place, um, the environment, where it's at, you know, with, yep, where it sure. sits. It's, well, it's in the Western Mass in, in the Berkshires, which is just a um, beautiful area. Um, there's all kinds of stuff here that's cool, like the um, music festivals and theater and dance and stuff like that. Um, and um, so I think there's a whole seasonal thing. I mean, I, I haven't lived here until now. There's a whole seasonal thing um, in terms of, of culture. Right. Um, you know, from for probably six months a year, um, and then it's kind of small town area in general, um, which I personally like and is a nice thing. So right. you know, this this property, it's like 200 acres. It's in the middle of nowhere, um, and wow. it's like a hundred year old building. There's a couple of buildings here. One is the main main giant stone house that was built a hundred years ago, and mm-hmm. we had to spend a, a ton of money to fix it up and so forth. It was. I think its last life here was like a B and B type of thing, um, and then there's a whole. I mean, part of this is you know we've been doing kind of basically CRA community reinforcement stuff for years, um, mm-hmm. which means you know focusing in treatment on, on um, motivational work with people, but also on helping them develop sort of a broader based life to support the changes they want to make, whatever those are, and right, um, right. whether those are abstinence or moderation or whatever they are, to, that you know, sort of the have a life that competes with what they were previously doing that wasn't working so well. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the, the one of the really nice things here is that there's this beautiful gym and yoga studios and um, this kind of thing, which is, which is, and so we have, you know, personal trainer and nutritionist and um, so forth who can work with people. And that's the kind of stuff that's really often just, just been completely abandoned by folks when they're, when they're in this kind of struggle. So they're not in, in, they're not taking care of their body. They're not eating reasonably, you know, um, and, and uh, I think that stuff, often goes along with a lot of shame and a lot of just kind of hopelessness and so forth. So um, mm-hmm. to to just have that be part of what we're doing and have it be part of and there's you know, as I said, there's lots of land here, so people are going hiking a lot and, and that kind of thing. 
Um, That's nice. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. And we have a, a chickens here, and a, we just actually just had somebody, one of the uh, one of the residents just made dinner for everybody else, and and um, you know used eggs from the, ch- the chickens, and um, <laughs> made some pasta for people and so forth. It was totally cool. So stuff like that. Oh. And there's a there's a, a cook here, and she works with people, and they can work in the kitchen with her and learn how to cook if they want to. And mm-hmm. um, nice, so yeah. it's it, it's a, it's a lot of that stuff of like helping people feel like they have some sense of control and some sense of effectiveness in their lives again. Um, right. And it's not, you know, just say no. It's not like you got to stop using substances and that's all you got to focus on. It's like you actually have to have a life. That right, right. Um, so true. Uh, I'm looking at your, like, the drop-down menu, and I, I clicked on, you know, your clinical staff, which is mm-hmm. pretty blow you away with all everybody's a PhD or a, a P, P, you know yep. PSYD you know um, and so it looks like really really trained staff which I think is uh, missing in so many other places uh, and so that's really impressive. Um, what would you say your demographic is like? Who's coming? Uh, young, middle? What's the age range? Or you're all over the map? What kind of people are coming uh, and staying? Right complete mix um so we're not cheap and we we're trying to figure out a way to work with insurance we haven't yet because mostly because i hate them and they're horrible and Mm. um impossible to work with um and won't pay for reasonable treatment um so Mm -hmm. i think we'll figure out a way to do that actually um but um in the meantime so if we have young people which we have a fairly high uh level of young folks here um they're typically having that paid for by their parents kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, there's just a ton of people from New York because that's that's really kind of where our referral base is. Cause we've right. Been there for How years far away are they? Like, is it a drive? Like, if you could fly into yeah, the like, city, yeah, where yeah, are you? Yeah, like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours drive north. Mhm. Mhm. Um, so when people are here from the city, their family can come up and visit or have sessions or that kind of stuff, which is a nice thing. Or people come over from Boston. Likewise, it's probably two and a half hours from Boston. Right. Um. um so, um, I mean, for me, this has been a huge education just in many, many things, including clinical protocols and, and how to help people in a short period of time. Um, right. Because we have, we have a variable length of stay. So, it's not, it's, again, it's one of these things where um, uh, it's, it's a huge difference. It, it, there, it isn't 28 days. And people yeah. say, so how long is the stay? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know you yet. And, you know, we need to <laughs> sort this out. <laughs> like what's going on and, and what makes sense. And, you know, uh, we don't take people for less than two weeks, but we'll take people for two weeks because mm-hmm. sometimes that's what they need and they don't actually need to be here for three weeks or four weeks or six weeks. Right, um, right. We, do, we do these specialized trauma treatments, um, prolonged exposure, which is, as I was saying to you yesterday, is like the, the gold standard of evidence-based treatments for PTSD. Um, and that takes longer. That takes six or seven weeks. So, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes people are staying for that length of time to do that kind of work. Um, um, uh, and, and the ages really, I mean, um, it's really wildly variable from, from you know, in, in the last couple of weeks, like the oldest person is, is, is 40. Um, and we've had periods of time when the youngest person was 38. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, it's, what we try to do is if, you know, the current group is quite young. If somebody called who is 65 and um, uh, retiring from their job as a physician and wants to come here, I w- you know, we will let them know that and, and try to sort out whether it actually makes sense because they could feel like a total fish out of water and 
a bunch of kids and that kind of thing. And likewise, if a 21-year-old calls and everybody here is 50, it doesn't make that much sense. So it's it's kind of weird the way it rolls that way, which is sometimes it doesn't – with that particular mix, it wouldn't make sense for a given person. Uh, you know what? It can be interesting. I don't know if you're watching that new show, uh, Anger Management, with Charlie Sheen, and there's that old guy in the in their, no, like, anger group. It. He runs, like, this anger management group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really funny, and the older guy is really charming. I mean, he really adds – It would be the show would not be nearly as good if you didn't have this senior, and he's a serious right. – I mean, he's got to be, it looks like he's close to, like, I think he's in his 70s. But it's very charming. And I think that, um, I mean, personally, uh, what, uh, you know, just to throw this in the mix, I mean, you know that I was in AA and I left a long time ago. But when I was young in there, I actually liked the older people better than the younger people. Um, We've had big mixes at times, and it's been totally fine. We just sort of want people, we just want to give people a heads up beforehand so they have a sense of, you know, if if for some reason that wouldn't work for them, and if I had that exact conversation with somebody who was in their late 60s and it was young people, and they said, "Oh, I love young people, and I feel really, you know, like a mentor with them," and so it's fine, so that's good. Right, you know, right. But it's not always the case. So, right now, do you have so say people come at different levels of being, uh, and we're just talk about alcohol for now. I know there's you know people okay. drug addicted as well. Uh, you know, really drinking daily and drinking hard alcohol. Uh, how do you approach that when people first come in with the physical aspect? Of, uh, right, you know, withdrawal, withdrawal. You mean, or yeah, with, with, with withdrawal. Uh huh. Right. So um, we can manage a, 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 you know, there's a medical staff here, and they're here seven days a week, so we can manage that up to a certain level. Right. Um, I would say, just to use um, colloquial terms, I would say probably anywhere, you know, mild to moderate withdrawal. Um, mm-hmm. Anything moderate or more severe than that, it, it, we would say, you know, you need to be in a detox first, or do an outpatient detox, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can do, um, but we because we're in the middle of nowhere and it's not 24-hour a day medical care, we don't want right. to put people in danger. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, if, if they need to have two days of Librium for alcohol withdrawal or, uh, or a taper with some Suboxone from opiates or that kind of thing, those things are all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, how many it's people did it... Actually, yeah, that was just going to say... I, we. I was just talking to somebody about this who is from a, from a more traditional program, and uh, they were asking about medications, and they were saying, well, if somebody is on a benzodiazepine for sleep, like, you're not going to keep them on that, right? And I said, well, you know, the psychiatrist might well keep them on that if it's helping them sleep and it's not an abused substance, then why wouldn't why right. wouldn't we? Um, and they were shocked beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Um they said, I've, I've never, ever heard of that. I don't understand how you could possibly do that. I mean, they were being very nice about it. But, <laughs> but, well, but because they're from the prohibitionistic world of AA and NA, where God right. forbid, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that that world, well, it's really... But yeah, more than I, anything else, I think it's just like, it, they're just not used to having a rehab where, where you know, <laughs> how to put it, in my terms, I would say, to, where you can actually do rational treatment, like... <laughs> Why would we rush to take somebody somebody off something if they're not abusing right. it? I mean, there's not right, something right. inherently wrong with being on a certain medication. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So sorry, you were going to ask me something else, but yeah, no, this is way over a different subject. Um, how many people invested? I mean, it sounds like you know. I know that you said the place is a mess uh, when you you know. It's, even though it's a beautiful land and it's beautiful now, yeah. it took quite a bit of money. How many people um, in, invested or owners uh, in this? Well, there's just there's three three of us who are owners. Um, Carrie, my partner from New York, <coughs> um, and then an, uh, one other person. Um, so we just added one more person um, because this level of 
of operation. I mean, we're a very large program in New York City. We have 25 full-time psychologists there, so there's like tons of just 400 clients there. It's a big program, wow. but it's, it's it's one thing. It's you know running an outpatient program with a bunch of psychologists, right? Um, and that's kind of a straightforward thing. Yeah. Um, this is like a freaking <laughs> nothing I've ever experienced before. Uh, right. uh, just because there's millions of different people working here and all kinds of stuff happening and, you know, recovery specialists who are sort of like mental health techs and nursing and cooking and cleaning and, you know, maintenance mm-hmm. and um, the clinical staff and all this kind of stuff. So, um, and then, as you said, raising a ton of money to do such a project, um, right. I don't have this kind of money and, and I would never have this kind of money. So it, it just costs a lot to start something like this from whole cloth. Um, right. It's not like we, you know, took over someone else's rehab or something. We, we just created it out of nothing um, and said we're going to bring this model and do this work here in this way. Um, so there's probably 15 different people who are all individual investors. Um, they're all, you know, just individuals of people we know and people we've mm-hmm. worked with in the past and that kind of thing um, uh, to be able to raise enough money to be able to do this. Um, uh, so wow, they're all. Wow. Yeah, they're all owners in some sense. Oh God. Um uh yeah, so I uh, would you say that um so it's been open for how long? Uh eight months. Eight months. And yeah. are you what kind of uh outreach or have you been interviewed by, you know, NPR, uh, kind of marketing have you been doing? Are you full or tell me about your you know you say open then and you know, how's it been? Sure. Right, it's been good. It's been much much busier than we thought, um, just because we had a pretty conservative m- business model for how long it would take to get off the ground. Right, um, and sort of sort of been double that. Um, so it's well, been a good. lot. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's a small place, and the most we can have here is twelve or thirteen people. Um, and I think we've probably averaged you know seven or eight, um, right. which we, we I think we predicted we would average you know four people the first mm-hmm. year um, yeah. per month type of thing, and so. I'm happy about that. It's, um, it's, uh, uh, but you know, it's a lot to manage because we had to hire a bunch of more people because we had a higher volume than we thought. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't. We have um, someone who does some outreach for us, both the outpatient program and the inpatient program. Um, once we started this, we also opened literally the same week that we released our book that you and I talked about once, the Beyond Addiction book. So um, right, that right. that was a little overwhelming to have that all happen at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, I bet. And, um, um, so there was, but they were sort of like, they're not the same thing to market. So the book is just a book for families. So that wasn't something we were marketing here at the same in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. And rehabs. The other thing about rehabs is they're just, um, you know, I've talked with Tom Horvath about, a lot about this, and he runs those nice programs down in La Jolla. Um, right. And he and I have, have talked about this stuff. He, he and I talked a long time before we opened our outpatient program years ago because he has a, a really nice outpatient program mm-hmm. down there also. Um, so he's he's sort of had blazed a trail in in <clears throat> in um non twelve step based evidence based approaches years mm-hmm. ago. Um and um and he's been very helpful and gracious in, in counseling us about all this. Um but um uh, uh what was I saying about that? We just I was just saying that in terms of the, the visibility of an inpatient program is an entirely different thing because, you know, an outpatient program is just a very local thing, even if the local place is New York City. Right. Um, it's still local. 
Right. Nobody in Atlanta knows we have a program in New York City, and no one in Los Angeles knows we have a program in New York City. But people in Los Angeles know we have an, out, an inpatient rehab, um, even though we only have 13 beds. <laughs> it's right. just an odd, an odd thing, um, partly because Would you be allowed you know, to build on that land? If Say if you really grew and you found that... Yeah, we could. You could. Your could. code has allowed you to... Yeah, you could build something bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'd have to think about it because it's... Um, it, we're doing really intensive treatment. I mean, people are doing a ton of therapy all day long here, and we do, you know, individual sessions with people every day, um, and it has a certain feel to it, which is it's very intimate, very small kind of group of folks. Um, so if we expanded, I don't know that we would expand here, actually. Right, um, right. Uh, have you had change the nature of what's going the- on. Okay. Yeah, that's true. It sounds nice like it is. I really would love to come with a camera and visit. Um, has anybody come, like Sanjay Gupta or something? Have you contacted CNN and said, look what we're doing here? Or even Sanjay HBO Gupta is, has not I come, think. No. <laughs> What's that? Right. Sanjay Gupta has not come here, no. Um, um, but uh, actually had a, somebody from NPR in Boston come by, and she interviewed me for some story she was doing about evidence-based treatments, and I'm not sure ever what happened to it, to tell you the truth, but... Um, mm. Mm-hmm. She was a nice person. Um, well, it must be on NBR somewhere then. Uh, well, I want to tell you this, so just for you to know, with the insurance thing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm making a film. I'm, I'm pretty much done. We're just fine-tuning the 13th step, which is exposing the stuff in AA and educates people on other the other six free options that are out there. And I went to visit Tom Horvath, and so we talk mostly about SMART, but we mentioned, you know, that he has practical mm-hmm. recovery in the film. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result of the Carla brought a murder, I found out a lot about insurance and rehabs that really suck, and one of them being um, Action Family, which Blue Cross and Blue Shield paid $1,000 a day for this uh, house. There were two bathrooms. There were mattresses on the floor. Um, I really think that at the end of the day, whether it's going to be me or Carla's parents, to contact Blue Cross and Blue Shield and file a claim and, and say what's going on there, but this is going on all over the country. But let's talk about what we do know is it's going on at Action Family out there in Santa Clarita in August that you have insurance companies paying for nothing. There's nothing going on mm-hmm. there, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And they're paying $1,000 a day. So I think that, and I did hear that because Obamacare is requiring evidence-based treatment, that there have been some like 40-something percent of uh, no more paying on just 12-step rehabs that we're getting the you know, uh, the golden standard treatment and getting all this money coming in mm-hmm. so that it is down the road, you know, when it's time for you to do it and you have somebody to help you, that it'll be worth it because of Obamacare, what it's saying with evidence-based and because of what mm-hmm. I know has is happened out here with them paying $1,000 a day. Like it was, her bill was 43000 600 a day for outpatient. There, there is no way. She went to meetings. There were nobody. Yeah. If you go yeah. on that website, there's nobody with a PhD or a PSYD after their name. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. criminal, you know. Yep. So you really. That's why I, you know, really wanted to have you on and and talk about you know a professional uh, thing that you're creating here. It sounds so ridiculous, right? <laughs> professional yeah, thing yeah, here. It creating. does. <laughs> no, no, but it, no, but it, but it's it's ridiculous that it isn't that it isn't done more. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, you and I discussed this yesterday. We we charge a lot of money. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I, I you know I remember reading some uh, some stuff Tom McCullen from University of Pennsylvania had written several years ago about the you know extraordinarily high turnover rates 
um, in the substance abuse treatment community, um, and that's true. Um, and I think we've we've never had that problem um, in the outpatient program, and we haven't encountered that problem so far here. People really like working here, and I think we work. I mean, there's a number of reasons we work really hard in the same way we work with clients. It's it's a very collaborative place, and it's very collaborative with clients. Um, mm-hmm. It's not sort of top down like we're the authorities and we're telling you what you have to do. It's right. much more of a collaboration, and I think it feels that way much more with the staff also. Mm-hmm. But we also pay people, you know, I mean, like like try to make it worthwhile for people to work here because um, mm-hmm. uh, you have a bunch of people who were investing in a lot of training for them or they have invested huge amounts in their own careers. Um, and so we want to have really qualified people and we want them to be happy and we want them to stay. And right. money matters to people and you have to pay them, you know. And so <clears throat> it's 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 a little bit of a conundrum. It's sort of like there's the feeling of like, well, so why do you have to charge so much money? You know, why shouldn't this be accessible? I was like, okay, if there was some way in the world to make this stuff accessible, I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I just don't know how to do that as a public health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and and it's not my area of expertise or interest. Um, right. My area of expertise and interest is is treatment research and and um, and developing programming, um, and and running programs that people like to work at and that people like to come to. Um, and so we want to have a beautiful place that people love to come to, and we want to have a beautiful place that people love to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, as I said at the beginning, I think we'll try to solve – solve is the wrong word – try to help with the insurance aspect of this um, right. uh, and have it be something. But even that's sort of outrageous. I mean, you know, part of the solution, and I know several of the people who have done this, is to um, have these insurance advocates help out families – Right. Um, and on one level, I think that's that's a practical solution. It's like these are people who who whose job is to spend all of their days just harassing insurance companies um, to try to get money <laughs> that they owe you out of them. Um, right, right. The idea the idea that you would have to, as an individual, pay an insurance company, um, and then someone else would take a cut of that to get you your money back, <laughs> is outrageous. Mm. Um, but since I also live in the real world, like at least they'll get something back for that. Um, right, and right. so that's sort of like the like where we are at this stage of the culture, um, and um, so I think we'll try to go down that road and get people get people that kind of help. Um, yeah, right. But I, I don't know how to solve the the you should provide totally affordable treatment to everybody um, and have a top notch staff and a beautiful facility and all that stuff. It's it just it's it's I don't know how you do that. Well, I think that something will evolve. You know, I do think that you have to have the consciousness raised through my film and through other ways by getting writers to write narratives, you know, in their film and TV shows where people will go to a different rehab and it will not be 12-step based. It has to come through our media and it has to, and, you know, it will be a process. And I think that A, needs to be taken on and taken down to its knees, which I'm a part of and so is Carla's parents and suing them, that there has to, AA has to be addressed and the beast that I feel like it's become. And then you, you are creating something like Tom has. Smart's really grown. 
Um, and yep. so is hams. Harm reduction has grown a lot. Uh, people who yep. I see leave AA like to go that you know harm reduction route. And moderation sometimes is even too rigid for some people. You know they don't. Yep. Once leaving AA, you don't want people to tell you this and that. But I do think that what I see, you know, here I'm looking on the website now for those that are listening. We're talking to Jeff Foote, who is um, the you are the creator, right, for the Center for Motivation. The founder, and yep. Founder and creator. <laughs> And um, so if you go to motivationandchange.com, and what we're talking about here for all the listeners is that um, they have had an outpatient for 11 years in New York City and have opened seven months ago this um, rehab that's in the Berkshires, two and a half uh, hours north of New York City. And so I want to just talk about um, people, if you're just tuning in, some of the things that I see that are really fantastic. And it talks about the kind of care that you will get. What are the rooms like? They're, they look lovely. You have queen side bed. Looks like the Four Seasons to me. It really does. It looks really beautiful. Um, room and board, food and transportation, individual therapy, group therapy, family therapy, initial medical assessment, history and physical, initial psychiatric assessment, and ongoing medication management sessions, initial nutrition and fitness assessment, daily group yoga and fitness activities with gym and fitness, on-site recreation. They're on 200 acres. If you just tuned in late, um, it's a really gorgeous place. Beautiful in the fall. So has the, have the leaves changed already? Yeah, there? they're left. They're gone. They're all dried oh, up and gone. gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, but you, know what's the, you know what's the killer thing to, to hear as you read that, that stuff that you were just reading? Yeah. Um, uh, what, what has become abundantly clear to me now, just, 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 it's unbelievable, actually. You could go to almost any rehab website now, and 80% of that stuff, every re- every rehab will say that now. They don't do it, but they'll say it. Mm. Um, and and they'll say... Isn't that fraud if, if you go there and they don't do that? You could, like, sue their butts? Yeah, uh, maybe, but people don't. Um, and they'll say, we do something like that, or it's close enough, or whatever. Um, and it's really, I mean, I don't know if you ever read um, Ann Fletcher's book, Inside Rehab. Part of it. I had her on, and I, I got it, and I, you know, I read some things. And, yeah, I read but, through it. Read it I read enough to get a, it, yeah. It's a nice book, and she she really spends a long time working her ass off investigating all that and looking into rehabs and the way they run and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, and really, t- and, and, you know, I think the thing she and came up against time and time again that everybody you ever talk to comes up against if they're really trying to figure something out is they can't. You really can't figure it out by talking to somebody at the place. You can't figure it out by looking at their website. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go there, and then they're not doing it. Um, and <clears throat> it's really, really pretty outrageous, actually. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I now feel like we have the same problem with our outpatient program. Like, we, we've actually been doing evidence-based treatment. We actually have trained psychologists doing this stuff. We actually sp- spend a lot of time training people and keeping them trained in these approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually do it, and we've been doing it forever. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what it has become now is a marketing tool. Like, mm-hmm. you have to say you do these things now as a marketing tool, so people just say it. Um, and yeah, well, I suppose you could sue them, but you'd never, I mean, it would take you forever and what's the hell, what's the point? Um, well, I mean, I guess there is a point, but it, to me, like, well, you know, like, there's, I, there's I'm not going to do it. I think that I want to finish the list. So I'm sorry. I, I, I got off a tangent on leaves, but the, the list goes on <laughs> Two two body works therapy sessions, two individual fitness training sessions and two individual yoga classes. 
You involve the family. Now, you talked about your book. Let's talk a little bit about craft because I think we have a lot of families and, and loved ones that are really lost and go to Al-Anon and hear really crazy stuff. So can you talk about yeah. craft? And Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so craft got developed, invented, developed, created by Bob Myers um, about 25 years ago at the University of New Mexico, and he had been involved for he's been involved the last 35, 40 years with evidence-based stuff with CRA first, and then craft came out of CRA. So it's community mm-hmm. reinforcement and family training, and, and it's just a basically a, a motivational and behavioral approach for families to help their loved one. Um, right. And it's very collaborative and very respectful and, and use a lot of positive reinforcement and a lot of positive communication, um, as well as learning how to set limits and a lot of self-care. Um, mm-hmm. And that's my little snapshot of what craft is. But it's basically oh. helping families to train families to do this in a different way. And, and right. it's, it's incredibly effective. Um, you're, like, you're just giving them some tools to, to get out of the muck of like anger and betrayal and, and I don't know what to do with you and you don't want to listen to me and you're mad all the time, all that kind of stuff that happens in families, it's mm-hmm. giving them really practical tools to not do that, to step away from that stuff and, and, to, and to really change the whole conversation in their family with their loved one around these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uniformly par- families um, are, are sort of taken aback by the whole thing. They have so much language running around their head about enabling and um, right. codependency right. and so forth that they feel ashamed of themselves and they feel hopeless and they feel like they keep fucking it up and they don't know how to do this right and all that kind of stuff. Um, and craft, that's not what craft is about. Craft is, is, as opposed to detaching with love, craft is much more directly, you can stay attached, you can take care of yourself and you can stay totally connected, both. And those are not mutually exclusive. And there's all kinds of tools about how to stay positively connected and take care of yourself. They're, they're not, it's not one or the other. Um, and that, that message, and I've got to say, that, that message for parents, for instance, for like a parent of a 21-year-old or a 17-year-old or whatever, um, is so relieving to them um, right. and so hope-inducing for them. Because for a parent of a 17-year-old to be told, you know, he's got to hit bottom. He's got to, you know, he hasn't hit rock bottom yet. He hasn't accepted his disease yet. Um, mm-hmm. is insane to them. And, and they listen and they're terrified and they don't know what to do. And they listen to that crap and, and they do it and it breaks their heart. Um, and they detach and they step away from their kid and they feel they'll regret it for the rest of their lives. You know, and kids die. Somebody, kids are died that way. Yeah, die. it's very bad. As yeah, right. It's very bad handing them, with kids. handing them the tools to say how to stay involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned this to you yesterday. We're we're doing this whole training, um, and and this is. I mean, I'm really excited running this rehab now. It's an awesome thing, but right. I have to say, this other project it may be the most um, satisfying thing of my entire career, which is we're we're um, trying to establish a self-help national self-help network for parents based on craft. Mm-hmm. Um, which is free, and um, where we're training parents to be coaches. Um, so we have a bunch of psychologists training parents to be coaches right. for other parents. And um, we're doing it with the partnership at Drug Free, uh, which has changed its name now to something else, Partnership for Drug Free Kids or something, who mm-hmm. has been a very traditional um, type of place. And they're not a treatment program. They're just sort of like a public service announcement kind of place. Right, right, right. And they've always had very sort of traditional more conservative messages, they kind of got the evidence-based bug in the last couple of years and said, look, you know what, we've been telling people about Al-Anon and stuff like that forever, and we, you know, we finally are listening to the parents who are calling us who are saying, I don't, we don't 
I can't do that crap, and I don't want to do it, and you've mm-hmm. got to give me some different tools here. Um, mm-hmm. And again, for some people, those tools are very effective, so I shouldn't be calling it crap. For some people, it actually is very effective and helpful, but there's a bunch of people who feel like, I, I can't actually, I can't live with those kind of ideas, and I need another way to think about this. Um, and right, so right. the partnership has actually gotten totally behind this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. We actually just did a training for parents out in Los Angeles, um, did a training in Pittsburgh. I'm doing a training with another psychologist in Boston in a week and a half. Um, we're going to do one in Houston in the early part of next year. Um, and Where did you do the one so in L.A.? Uh, Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Was there a, um, yeah. is a, a, a group of therapists or like where in Santa Monica? Uh, I don't I have no idea where they did it. Um, uh, one oh, of the psychologists okay. who used to work with us named Emily Cavell. Um, oh, yeah, you gave me her name. Li- That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. She, she's living out there. And so we had her come back about four months ago. We did a, a, another training for parents in New York City. And mm-hmm. we had four psychologists come back and get trained to be trainers during that. Um, and, you know, the hope of that whole thing is is to be able to establish – um, so we train these parents to become coaches for other parents, and then we supervise them over the course of six months on the calls that they get from other parents so that they're utilizing craft-related materials. Um, the the 20-minute guide is something we wrote up. It's on our website also. It's, right. It's I'm looking uh, at it sort of now. combination it's 20, of, yeah, I just of craft put it up, pulled it up. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, let's go. 20 minutes. I'm a parent. This looks great, folks, if you're out there and you're a parent or uh, – uh, I also like the your Beyond Addiction, how science and kindness help people change. Um, all right, right. So, go so ahead. Beyond Addiction is our bo- so Beyond Addiction is our book that we we wrote for families that came out about eight months ago. Um, right, and that's a full length book, and that's just a nice you know examination of the treatment system and uh, philosophies and what are substance issues and what are treatment approaches and what does evidence mean and how do you navigate the system and stuff like that. And and then a lot of stuff about craft and how to help through those kind of tools. Mm-hmm. The 20-minute guides, either for partners or for parents, are like short 70-page workbooky kind of things that are right. kind of just like different topics related to craft mostly and also to motivational interviewing for how to listen and how to have a conversation that goes more productively and how to set limits um, in, a, in a more positive way um, uh, right. and, and uh, just a variety of topics that are, are kind of like the bread and butter of craft and central to helping turn these things around in a family. Um, mm-hmm. And craft is an incredibly successful approach in helping families help loved ones. Um, right. uh, and one of the goals of craft is helping your loved one get help, helping right. them say yes at some point to getting help. But it's not how to get them to go to rehab. It's yeah. how to help them decide they want to get some help in whatever form that must, that is going to be. Um, it doesn't have to be getting on a plane to rehab. I mean, that the insanity of that is beyond words. It can be, right. I want to go talk to a psychologist. I want to go talk to my parish priest. It's, it, could, it could be anything. I want to, I want to start go to smart, smart meetings, you know. Um, but... It has an incredibly high success rate when families work with these kind of tools in getting mm-hmm. their loved one to, to stop saying, leave me alone, and start saying, look, I'd like to start to think about these issues. Um, and just that alone, I think, is a very hopeful thing for families to realize this, this stuff actually works. Like, that's what evidence-based means. It actually, their evidence is that this works. Um, and so we wanted to make a thing available because, that, again, that's the whole thing. I mean... The, the whole purpose of the writing the 20-minute guide and of training parents is if we can turn this into something where you don't need damn psychologists or mental health people to do it, 
Um, right. Where you can actually, I mean, there's bazillion parents who are hearts are breaking every day who need help and want to help and then want to help other people. Mm-hmm. So if you can give them some tools to help other people, that that is a huge workforce, so to speak, of volunteers who could help each other. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Kind of and I tools. I do think that it works when those situations are because it's more of a crisis mode than when you're in normal mode and that's not going on. Yeah. I'm just yep. as you're talking for those who are listening out here again, we're we're talking to. Jeff Foote, right? That's how you say your name, Jeff Foote? Foote, um, yeah. Yes, that uh, I am on the 20-minute guide part of the website. So it started out, I was on the uh, motivationandchange.com, and then uh, I found myself, it's really, really nice. So it's on online and imprint resources, a 20-minute guide for parents and partners, and then beyond addiction. But when you click on that 20-minute guide for parents and partners, it's really nice whoever built this for you is really you know user friendly yeah. i just was looking at it really 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 nice uh stuff thank you yeah well you're welcome um so well i i'm going to give her a call i meant to do it i just I'm kind of having to recut the film a little bit again so i got and <laughs> doing some more stuff before it's done done but i she's on my list to call her and actually have her on the show and then um be great. yeah yeah i think it'd be really good so uh, let me just get back to my radio studio here. Here we go. We have a bunch of people in the chat room. Uh, so what would you like to talk about? We have about 15 minutes left. Um, you want to talk about the book, who the book – how about that? What? Who can your book help? Well, it, it, it's for families, um, um, and <clears> – <throat> That's a wide swath of people. So families, in, in our definition of families is anybody, basically, who's trying to help someone else. Um, it could be a friend. It could be a parent. It could be a spouse. It could be a kid. Um, uh, and, you know, you don't go to school for this stuff. It's, uh, how do you help somebody who's struggling with substances? Um, it's, it's terrifying. It's disheartening. It's confusing. Um, it's hurtful. It's all that stuff. And... Um, and as you just said, I think very nicely, it's you're in, you're in sort of emergency mode half the time, um, and you'll listen to anything. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of what people hear doesn't make that much sense and is not so helpful. So right. uh, this was our attempt to say, um, look, this is this is what we do. This is what we've been doing for years and years. This is sort of like the kind of conversation I would have for an hour on, with somebody on the phone if they called me. I would like right. to walk through a bunch of stuff and explain a bunch of stuff about the field and give them a bunch of options and say, you know, people may not be telling you this and that and medications can be quite helpful and, you know, confrontation is not going to actually work so well. And, you know, just just walking through all those topics of how do you help motivate somebody and how do you take care of yourself and what are your resources and um, what's the kind of stuff that you're going to hear in the culture and, and how do you deal with the fact that you feel ashamed about the fact that your husband is drinking too much even though it's mm-hmm. not you and you know um, so we try to address a lot of those kind of issues in the book um, and uh, I think people like it a lot I mean I think it's, it's, it's again sort of written in that same collaborative style like, like we're, kind of, <laughs> we're kind of all in this together and you know here's what we know and if it's useful that's great um, so we just wanted to have a resource out there for people because there's a lot of not so great stuff out there. Right. I think I need to get it. I've I've bought a lot of books over the last like three or four years doing this project, yeah. but you know I, I really care about it. And uh, you know I think that it, a lot of the you know coming from such an a uh, frame you know a point of view uh, that is very very harmful 
for my children and um you know undoing the uh the harm that I created by believing what I did in AA I really could have killed one of my kids and I believe mm-hmm. that AA would have killed him um so you know I have a really personal interest my father certainly had issues and never got uh, any help because I didn't know that anything else existed in 2008, which I really think is uh, really a shame. Yeah. But I, I did yeah. begin to find and, and research then. And so I, I, so I you know, I applaud everything that you do and Tom and, and all the other guys that run, the guys at Alternatives, who created that for moderation. And, yeah. uh, you know, the harm reduction with Ken Anderson, I do think that an SOS has been around forever for someone who just wants to be abstinent and just have a support group. And you know what I mean? That's secular. Mm-hmm. Um, if every one of those nonprofits got the resources or understand how to work it, you know what I mean? It's an interesting thing as I mm-hmm. interviewed all of them. We see what you've created here. And then you, we, we as a culture in, in a country, um, need to have things, which is why I think maybe, you know, the thing with craft is this is something that's affordable. You know what I mean? Like you're, you are creating yep. something that, you know, you have these downloads and you could get a book and then you could have a coach and it's not exorbitant. It's not a thousand a day. It's not two fifty a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So that you begin to uh, educate people and teach people how to how to talk to their family. I mean, you know, for me to read one book after another, I even went to smart meetings. I didn't need them, but and, and I could see the language was so different. And even when I interviewed Tom, the very first time I re-interviewed him for the film uh, three years later, but like I said, oh, well, you know, like I made all these assumptions of how you treat people, and he said, no, we ask people. And, you know, you could really see the undoing. It probably took a, a year of, uh, or, you know, to really undo some of the stuff that was in my head. Where you're more mm-hmm. fortunate in that, you know, you didn't come from that world. And that brings me to a subject that, okay, so you started 25 years ago, right? Uh, what yeah. motivated you to become, you know, um, a doctor in this field? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I wasn't planning to be a doctor in this field. I wanted to become a psychologist, um, and and had always loved stuff like alternative education, and went to UC Santa Cruz, and went to Hampshire College, and amongst the many different colleges <laughs> I went to before I finished, um, and uh, um, and always sort of had a feel for either educational stuff or or clinical stuff, and uh, um, then went to graduate school to become a psychologist, um, uh, which is just great training in, in broadly speaking. Um, right. And on, inter- and on internship, um, was just assigned to work at Smithers, which was basically the largest substance abuse treatment center in New York City um, at Roosevelt Hospital at the time in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, did my six months there. And literally the first day I was there, I loved it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it just, just was just, just, and I still feel that I just sit with people and just feels incredibly compelling. I'm not, and I don't know what it is actually. I think it's mm-hmm. partly because the whole thing feels so completely understandable to me and so sensible that people right. use substances. Um, right. and I think that's sort of the, the evidence and also the philosophical approach we've had forever. And, and it's a sort of like a, Profoundly motivational approach, I think, when you when you're able to say to people, you know what, what you're doing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Your drinking makes sense. Your mm-hmm. using heroin makes sense. I get it. 
you know, I'm not here to tell you, like, what the fuck is the matter with you. I'm here to say what I believe, which is I understand why you're doing this. Um, and let's figure out together that this, is, this is, has this wicked downside for you, and what are we going to do about that? Um, because you're having terrible anxiety from your trauma, and you're, you know, depressed, and you feel incredibly socially awkward and have no idea how to talk to people if you're not drinking, and all that stuff that totally makes sense. Um, and is there another way to do this? Because the fact that you and I are talking, you, Mr. Client sitting in front of me, means that there's parts of this that are really not working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. what other way can we find to do this? And I don't know. I just, I just think that, that the, the human drive to feel better and to, <laughs> to have a life that feels good and, um, uh, uh, is, is so inherent and so deep and so um, uh, profound and respectable um, and in this in this arena, in our culture, it's it, people who run into problems with these substances are so stigmatized and shamed for that. Um, it, it, I don't know. I'm just drawn to that. I think into sort of the 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 clinical part of that, which is treating people collaboratively and with respect, has a profound impact on them. And the political aspect of that, which is like that's not fair. <laughs> It's not right. fair to treat people that way um, when they're struggling. It's just not. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah. Wow. Do you still work with people one on one? You sound like you do. Do you do one on one? Yeah. All day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You sound great at it. Um, I was watching an interview with, um, I think it was Matt Lauer, and I, I'm trying to remember which female actress who was screwing up another time and. Uh, I could not believe it. I think it was like maybe around when, you know, Charlie Sheen had sort of, you know, had his meltdown and, and like, you know, was like screaming at Chuck Lorre and throwing the big book into the, you know, the, his his camera on his computer and it kind of went yeah, viral. Right. But, you know, I watched how he, he talked to her, this reporter, and I was like, who the mm, do you think you are? Yeah. Like talking yeah. to this grown, semi-successful, actually very successful actress, who you're not her father, and even if you were, yeah. like it was outrageous. And I thought, you see, that this has become like this uh, okay to, to it. do it's culture, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. That's yeah, acceptable, right? I mean, it's just it's D- really demeaning it's people, really... right? And humiliating them is like that's that's acceptable somehow because you're using substances in a in a destructive way. Like yeah. how those things are related, I don't know, but they are. Yeah, well, even in the way that you were sitting down and saying, well, I can see how that works for you. You know what I mean? When you yeah. first approach somebody and uh, all that language, you know, to me, I mean, I think having read all this stuff, but I talked to my husband about it and I'm like, and Kevin, you kind of read some of this other stuff because there's just another way of looking at things. And he's really yeah. open-minded, you know what I mean? He's a very, yeah. very open-minded guy. But I, I think it's a fascinating show. Um, I am again. We're talking with Jeff Wood, and I'm just going to do a little like more promo again for people who are listening. So uh, we're talking about the Berkshires, where they have opened up a new, uh, I would say, non-12-step rehab. It's expensive. I'm not saying how much. <laughs> it's just expensive. It looks like if you have the money, it's worth it to. I would I would go there if I had a problem. Um, that it, it's out there. It's two and a half hours north of the city and two and a half south of Boston. And um, we are at motivationandchange.com is the website. If you put in uh, CMC Center for Motivation and Change, it will bring up the website. 
what what else in closing? What else would you like to say? Um, that I appreciate you doing stuff like this. Um, that you're trying to actually spread the word. I, I think one of the things about the parent support network that we're trying to create with the craft stuff is mm-hmm. um, a, a population of people who actually have can are hearing a different message. And mm-hmm. who are asking for different kind of treatments because that will also start to change the treatment system. If if parents start to say, you know what, you can't actually treat my kid like this. Um, you right. can't get away right. with malpractice and do this 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 kind of treatment and call it treatment. Um, that's you know uh, that that's and tell them they can't be on medications and tell them you know we're going to use confrontation all the time and all this kind of stuff and kidnap them in the middle of the night and take them to Arizona and you know that that stuff Ugh. is not acceptable anymore um, right. and mm-hmm. the more that people become educated about this stuff um, uh, the more they'll ask for something different you know um, right, and that's right. the hope at least with the things like the book and the things like the training of the parents and so forth so well I really it's really been a joy to have you on if you know anybody else who who works there sometimes there might be some other uh, people that work with you that want to talk mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm, know, in a couple sure. of weeks, uh, they also, you know, some people don't who are therapists and other people love to talk about it. Um, please have them contact me. You know, we'll have another show about it because the more we can promote it, I think, uh, the better. So I, I want to yeah. thank everybody uh, out there for listening tonight. We're listening to Jeff Foote and uh, all the way from New York City and the Berkshires. And uh, <laughs> the Beyond Addiction can be found on uh, Amazon and your site as well. I think I found it out there on Amazon, right? Let me just take a peek. Yep. Where yep. You can go find it. Is it in bookstores too? Yeah, it's in bookstores too. Yep. It's on Barnes yeah, Noble. The 20-Minute Guide is not. Uh, the 20-Minute Guide, um, I think there's like a website, 20minuteguide.com. Um, mm-hmm. You can also find that there. You can find it on on Amazon. You can certainly find the book on Amazon, so or Barnes and Noble or wherever else. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, uh, for being yep. on the show Thanks tonight. For having me. All right. I, I look forward to sort of come out and visiting at some point with a camera and interviewing <laughs> your beautiful <laughs> be place. A trip That'd to be the Berkshires. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Good night. All right, everybody, again, thank you for joining me for Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. I'm Monica Richardson, and I'm your host, and we will see you next week. Thanks again, and good night.